Greek Rats, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 3 of the Blackhawks Raycast. Um, I am your host, John Jekyll. Uh, joining me tonight is a stellar crew. Um, oh, first, let me let me add, we're coming to you live from the Manscaped PuckHockey.com studios. Um, those are our two sponsors, Manscaped.com. Stop by manscaped.com and use the Rink Chicago discount code and save 20%, as many people are doing across the interwebs as we speak. And uh, at, at puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y, use the Rink uh, discount code, all caps, no spaces, and get 10% off your order, including stylish Rink gear. Um, so joining me tonight are uh, three of the usual suspects. Um, with one uh, one uh, new face, um, we've got Sean Fitzgerald, um, Eric Andrews, and the corporate Andy Ca Andy Campbell joining us tonight. Um, gentlemen, how are you, Sean? I'm doing well. <clears throat> doing well, John. Doing well. Uh, Happy to be here. Sounded like you might be getting a little early stage COVID there, but uh, you you sort of no no out. I'm good. I don't see people. I stay hunkered down. Right. That's good. Stay that way, buddy. Um, Eric Andrews, how's it going, bud? Doing well. Doing well. Great. It's been a while. <laughs> we had um, we had uh, the um, the leader of the Rink Colorado um, in the ManscapedPuckHockey.com studios um, here just before we got on the air, and he 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 beat a retreat out of here, knowing that he would go head to head with Eric all night. <laughs> um, the rest of us were making popcorn. Um, Corporate Andy Campbell, what's happening, my man? Not a whole lot. Uh, doing well. Great to be here. There's great hockey on every night. It's yeah, awesome. It's like a Hawks game tonight. Including well, the Hawks. Everybody will be watching us instead of the Hawks. There you go. A 18 minutes left in the first. I'm keeping keeping my eyes on it right now. We'll see. How many there's already up? been Two a scrum in the game. <laughs> there's already been a scrum? Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> zero, zero. I always see the Preds have four SOGs. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. We'll see. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll keep you apprised of the score of the game if you're deciding to watch us. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Um, so. Gentlemen, first topic tonight, We, as, as most of you know who watched the Ringcast, especially this season, we've gone to more of a rapid fire format. We're going to do the same thing tonight, um, give you back some of your evening and, and give uh, our team back some of their evening. Andy's got um, some corporate board meetings to go to yet tonight, so um, he'll have to go and do that. Um, anyway, uh, state of the team after six games. Um, I, I had a blog I, I put up in my uh, week two uh, recap the other day. Uh, where I took a, a point of view on that, but I'll, I'll uh, wait, wait and share that at the end. Let's, uh, let's start out with our, our new guest, our new guest host, Eric Andrews. Well, I mean, in my opinion, this is probably what should have been expected. I mean, beating the Detroit Red Wings really isn't saying anything. Um, I mean, I guess in some ways they did fairly convincingly beat them, but um, I mean, still, you know, it's really not saying much to be, beating the the wings as Dylan Strom scores. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was just a given that they weren't, uh, you know, going to be competitive against Tampa Bay and Florida, you know, I'd say is probably a little bit better than they are. Um, they have the capability of being better than the Blackhawks anyway. So um, yeah, I mean, nothing has really surprised me too much. I would say it through six games. Okay, fair enough. Andy, what do you think? 
Yeah, well, so one nothing Hawks still in Strom on the power play as we speak right now. Got to minimize on my phone. Um, yeah, darn. Uh, I, and that doesn't mean that I have to like Dylan Strom tonight. I just want to clear that up uh, right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think they are what they are. You know, I think there's been some some positives with some of the younger guys. Um, I think there are certainly some concerns. And, um, you know, we've all been chatting about it a little bit, uh, uh, particularly with uh, regards uh, to some of the guys in the pipes and, uh, and Mr. Boquist, uh, hoping that, you know, Lankin in Lankin, it was great in that, in, uh, those three games that he played, I mean, uh, you know, three games and five points as a goaltender and he was strong. He was solid. He gave the Hawks an opportunity to think a little bit more offensive mindedly, uh, with their approach, um, which is good, you know, particularly for, for some of the young guys with their confidence. Um, I like that we've seen guys like Hagel being able to come in and uh, play fourth line minutes and uh, chip in a little bit. And obviously Suter, I mean, what a, what a game, what a day for him. I mean, what a happy Sunday for him. So, um, you know, I think with, with guys like Suter, with guys like Hagel, with guys like Kurashev, with the young guys, we were kind of hoping, all right, well, let's see what these guys can do. Um, and particularly, I, you know, Kurashev, Kurashev's playing at the right level right now. I mean, he's, he's an NHL hockey player. And I think that much is clear. His habits are great. Um, he keeps everything in front of him. He's incredibly responsible. Uh, there's no huge flash in his game. Um, but I, I think he's a, you know, he's a promising prospect. We'll still call him a prospect for now. Um, and so those are all, you know, I, I think those are good signs for young kids getting valuable minutes and, and contributing to a team that will continue to struggle. I mean, they did beat the Red Wings twice. Um, but when you got young guys, um, when you're when you're in a rebuilding mode and you need to give guys confidence, um, it's been good to see. And, it, and it, it probably wasn't easy for a lot of those guys to have their first action uh, being against the defending Stanley Cup champs. Um, you know, it's a really hard initiation into the league. Um, but so I, I, I don't know. It's been fun hockey to watch. And um, and I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there just because we take it, take him for granted, uh, just because we've been lucky enough to. But Patrick Kane is still so damn good. I mean, he is just, I mean, he's the cat's pajamas. He's the man. And um, he's still such an elite talent. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I was going to actually touch on that as well. Um, Sean Fitzgerald. Yeah. Uh, the team we've seen, they can't play with the upper echelon teams, but they're not the worst team in the league is basically what we've seen the, the, in uh, six games. They're um, like Andy's touchdown. There's some building blocks we're starting to see. We've got to uh, continue to progress with Ian Mitchell, Kurashev, Pius Suter. Um, Lankin and look good, his two starts and nets. Hopefully that continues. Um, and then just kind of go from there. Like, like I stressed in my recap uh, in the first week, it's all about development. Player development is the key this year. It's not about so much about what the wins and losses are. It's, developing your young guys for the future. And then when you get hopefully a high draft pick to hit on that player and then hopefully continue to develop until you're ready to win again. And hopefully Patrick Kane's still around still, if not at the level he's at now, close enough where they're still going to be good. Cause Patrick Kane is on another level some nights on the ice in, uh, in that Tampa game in the second period, I believe he was just unreal and they made it close. And then obviously talent took over and the Blackhawks just don't have enough. So that's where I'm at with that. I agree. Um, the gist of my, of my blog 
um, was that, you know, you could kind of break down the first six games into three sets of two, the home and homes or the back-to-backs rather, not home and homes against the three different teams, Tampa Bay, Florida, and um, Detroit. Tampa Bay being arguably the best team in the league, Detroit being arguably the worst team in the league, and and Tampa Bay being arguably the most middling team, or excuse me, Florida being the most middling team in the league. And the Blackhawks kind of played as you might expect against all three, you know? I I mean, um, let's sort sort of taking it backward, you know, the Detroit games, the Blackhawks were dominant, but then, you know, I was, you know, Andy, what you're saying, I'm watching the game and I'm going, you know, the Blackhawks for all the young guys they've got in the lineup, they still have Duncan Keith and they still have Patrick Kane. Um, and uh, they have Dominic Kubelik. Um, and so as a result, they should be able to pretty easily get by teams like Detroit, you know, Detroit is essentially an AHL team with Dylan Larkin, you know, plus Dylan Larkin, you know, um, Detroit fans probably get really angry at me for that, but that's okay. They don't, they don't listen to the show anyway. Um, but, um, and then the, the, the Florida games, I mean, Florida is a team that, you know, the Hawks ought to be reasonably competitive against. They, they, uh, lost a game and they took a point in another game. And then the Tampa game, I mean, yeah, I mean, Patrick Kane can, can go into the phone booth for a period or two, but you know, at a certain point, water's going to find its level in that matchup. And, and, uh, you know, it's like the playoffs and you know, a lot of these uh, back-to-back games against different teams. You know, if, if a team has um, a mismatch advantage in the series, it's going to start to show in the second game, you know, or late in the first game, because uh, eventually those things always come out in the wash when you see teams back-to-back or over a seven-game series. So um, I, I think that we didn't really learn anything that we didn't kind of expect about this team. Um, I think people got a little freaked out when they started 0-3. Um, but again, two of those first three games were against the, you know, defending cup champions. So um, I don't think anybody should have. Um, games like tonight against Nashville, I think, are going to be a, a good measuring stick. Because again, Nashville's a team that's kind of in that mushy middle of the NHL, you know. And uh, so it, it's going to be, a, a, you know, a process. And it so it kind of leads me to my next topic, and that is, you know, um, it, it's a funny, I, I still feel like the Blackhawks, although they're now they're talking about a rebuild and they're saying they're rebuilding, I still feel like they're kind of following the same uh, formula that they, they followed in years past, trying to ease young guys in while having just enough veterans to maybe be competitive. I mean, because when I look at guys like Carl Soderberg on the roster, um, you know, um, you know, Patrick Kane still being around, Duncan Keith still being around. If Jonathan Tapes weren't sick, he'd still be around, obviously. Um, and yet they've got these young guys. So I feel like um, we're not seeing really a big departure in the formula, except they've gone a little bit, a fair amount younger this year than, than maybe years past. Um, but I still feel like the results are going to be the same. They're going to end up like, um, you know, 12th to 14th in the West. Um, out of the playoffs, there may be a brief period of time, you know, over the course of the season, like three weeks where everybody gets all hot and bothered and says they're, they're a playoff team and anything can happen. And then they'll, they'll fade down the, down the stretch. Uh, what do you guys think? Andy? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I also think that a, cu- a couple players who are, you know, and I don't want to say they're overachieving because I actually think that they're fine hockey players, but that are really helping this team move along. I mean, outside of Patrick Kane, I, I honestly think the Blackhawks MVP right now has been Calvin DeHaan. 
Um, he is an incredible defenseman. He's so solid. Um, you know, his gap control is great. He's been chipping in offensively. And, and right now, you know, he, he's healthy. And we really haven't seen a full healthy Dehan since he's been here. And Dehan and Connor Murphy right now are, you're, we're getting what we're paying for, or the Hawks are getting what they're paying for out of those two guys. I mean, those are, those are bona fide NHL defensemen, despite all of the rebuilding talk. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think Keith Dehan and Connor Murphy would be defensemen on competing NHL teams and, and even on possible cup contenders. Um, you know, so I, I think that that is, you know, that it, it's easy to overlook that because you don't notice those guys as much. But I think that that is what's keeping this, uh, keeping this group afloat. But I, I agree, there, there are going to be some dips. There are going to be some dips along the way. And the schedule is going to continue to get hard um, and, and get harder. And I, I do think at the end of the day, if this team overachieves, which, you know, if they put a little bit of run together here in a, in a short season, I, I would put them in that category, then they're going to be exactly what everyone doesn't want them to be, which is not bad enough to do a real rebuild and not good enough to compete. And, um, you know, you, we can't have it both ways. You know, you watch them in their first three games, you go, oh my God, this is rock bottom. You know, and then they go 2-0-1 and, and they're all up on nothing tonight. And you go, guys, maybe you shouldn't win. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I guess that's part of just being, you know, stuck in the middle. Um, I, I, there'll be, I do think they'll still be on the outside looking in. How far on that outside? It depends on management too, um, as far as do they want to make some unpopular moves to make sure that they are actually in rebuilding mode. But some of those aforementioned players too, and then some of the guys like Ian, Mark, and Soderberg, if they come along, you know, this is good that they're showing out right now if they do want to make those trades down the line. Um, so anyway, sorry, that was a mouthful. That's good. That was, that was excellent. Excellent input. Um, Sean, what do you think? What, so, what direction are they headed this year? I think they're going to be like, um, I don't think they're going to be as good as everyone thinks they're going to be in terms of, I don't think they're going to be as close to the playoff picture as, as overachieving as we think. And I think one of the big factors in that is going to be Jeremy Colleton. Um, I was very critical and still kind of am of how he used Dominic Kubalik in the first three games of the season. His like, I, I mean, clearly when they started playing Florida and he started playing more, he would just rip it every time he got a chance because he didn't know if he was going to be on the ice for more than 11 minutes. So I think Jeremy Colleton plays a big part in where they, where they fall this year in terms of trying to find the right blend of when he needs to play the veterans and when he needs to play uh, the younger players. And I think early on, at least the first three games, his management of Kubalik and some of the other veteran guys were, was bad in my opinion. And if they're going to be, if they want to be, if they want to be rebuild and full on rebuild, then Collinson's going to have to like dictate the minutes that way. And if they're not, if they're going to try to, you know, anything can happen, then he's going to, obviously he's going to load up like he did against uh, Florida the second game where I think Patrick Kane played like two minutes straight in the, the third period. So I think he's, he's the big X factor on which way this team goes. Okay. Eric, what do you say? I mean, I think it's important to remember that even if the team had Jonathan Taves and Kirby Doc, this is still probably a bottom 10 team in the league. Mm -hmm. And now you don't have 
your top two centers, arguably. I mean, I think most people would say those would have been your top two centers this year. So where does that leave you without those guys? I mean, even just look at their division, the Discover Central division. Are they better than Tampa Bay? Obviously not. Are they better than Columbus? No. Are they better than Dallas? No. Are they better than Carolina? No. Are they better than Nashville? Probably not. Are they better than Florida? Probably not. You're not making the playoffs. You know that. Um, you know, and then you have to look around the rest of the league and, you know, kind of look at the bottom feeders in those divisions too and say, okay, you know, even though we're not playing each other this year, you know, are they better than an Ottawa or, you know, whoever it might be? And I don't know. I mean, to me, they're probably a bottom three or bottom five team in the league. I just, I don't, I don't see over the course of 56 games, them being much better than that. I, uh, thank you, Eric. I, I kind of feel like they're like somewhere in like between 18th and 26th in the league, um, based upon the fact that they still have one of the game's premier players and an aging, but still very effective two-time former Norris Cup winner on the blue line. Um, I just, I just feel like even, you know, as battered and bruised as the veteran core is um, those two still being around, um, you know, give, gives them a leg up on the Ottawa's and the Detroit's, um, you know, but to, to Andy's point, I, I'm not sure really what that gains. I mean, um, you know, the comment that Ian Mitchell made to, to Ben Pope the other day about um, the fact that he knows that, that he's, you know, behind the play sometimes or on the wrong side of the puck sometimes wrong side of the play. And, you know, he's, he's listening and learning and, and those are really encouraging things to hear. Cause that's what you want to hear from a player, you know, in his position. Um, and certainly, you know, him being able to observe Duncan Keith um, as far as those types of issues like positioning and, and um, you know, uh, playing in space and, and using a stick, et cetera, to, to defend and, and um, taking away the angles, all those things. That's really good, you know, and, and so that's that to me is the benefit of those veterans still being around for the younger guys. That is assuming that the younger guys are really taking advantage of it and learning, um, or are they uh, conversely, and I'm going to turn this back over to Adam Bokvist, are they just kind of getting psychologically wrecked? Um, I feel like Bokvist, to my eye, is maybe even regressing a bit since last year. Um, so I want to I want to turn to our next topic, which is um, those two players in particular. But I think we can lump in um, any young players at this point too. Perhaps you know the goalies as well, but those two in particular because they're both defensemen. They're both very highly touted. Touted. They're also both very similar in terms of their style. Um, Bofus and Mitchell. I mean, are they benefiting both of them from being in the NHL? Should the Hawks consider? Um, especially with Bokovist, if he continues on his current arc and Mitchell, if he starts to show some struggles, should they consider some time in Rockford for those guys? Once Rockford sort of, you know, really kicks in, um, I'm going to turn this back immediately to Eric. Um, Boquist, yes. I mean, I think there were times last season where it looked like he could hold his own at the NHL level. Um, there were certainly times where it did not look like that. And I think, this year so far, you know, of course, up to this point that, you know, now he's out of the lineup, but I think it's been clear that he still needs a lot of work. And um, I'm not sure that, 
just continually, you know, getting turnstiled in the NHL is really what he needs right now. Um, Ian Mitchell, I think it might honestly be just a little bit too early to really have a great idea of what's best for him right now. Um, I don't think it's hurting anything right now to see what he can do. Um, once the AHL starts up, maybe, but I don't necessarily mind him being in the lineup right now, but I think for Boquist, it's kind of getting to the point where it seems like he really does need that, that time to really get comfortable and acclimated playing professional, you know, defense. And um, I'm just not sure that doing that against Tampa Bay and, you know, teams like that are, uh, is really a good idea for him right now. Thank you, sir. Um, Andy. I, I, yeah, it's personally, I think it's an age and development issue. Um, Adam Boquist turned 20 in August. Um, where Adam Boquist is in age right now, um, there he is of age or in some cases younger than a division one college hockey defenseman. Um, and so I don't, I, I think with, and, and when you think about Mitchell, Mitchell's 22 years old. So, I mean, Mitchell at the age of 20, you know, a year and a half ago was in the middle of his sophomore season at Denver, just getting better, getting better, getting better. Yeah. And I, I think Boquist, um, you know, has been rushed. I, I, I don't think he's physically developed enough to be an NHL defenseman. And I, I mean, I, I would like to see him in Rockford, not just for development of his game, but honestly, health reasons. I mean, he gets tattooed out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is really, I mean, he gets, he gets beat up and it's just, it's a, it's a physical maturity thing. Yeah. And I don't know, um, you know, how good that is ultimately for his game, you know, to be picking himself up the ice, up off the ice where, you know, he's a good puck moving defenseman. He's a very good skater. His issues are in his own end of the ice and physically being able to compete. And when those are the issues, if, if you do want to make a long-term investment on him, I would like to see him in Rockford. Um, and I, and, you know, I, and I think that they're, you know, some of the, some of the other Blackhawk defensemen, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, maybe, you know, Keith was a smooth enough skater at that age, but, you know, I mean, Duncan Keith, this guy's going to the hall of fame. He spent a ton of time in Norfolk and um, you know, I just, I, I almost for not only for his development for his physical well-being. I think Boquist should be in Rockford at some point this season. Yeah. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to echo the same message. I think yeah, last year was a supposed to be like a development year for him, and he played 15 games at Rockford before they called him up. And then this year, he just he looks lost at times. Uh, he's out of over skating, out of position. When him and Zadorov are on a pairing together, it's just it's a nightmare. I think he should he would benefit from playing in Rockford uh, this season. I mean, they've talked about how well Nicholas Bodan looks this year. Like yeah. how he's put on muscle. He's 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 put time in at Rockford. Like he he's adjusted. Let's see what he can do yeah. and let Boquist go down and, and learn just like Bodan did. I think that's that's the way to go. Um and we knew what Boquist was coming in. I know they made a big deal about Brian Campbell going to work with him. They put together all that footage and stuff like that. But ultimately, we knew he was a very offensive-minded defenseman. And he showed that he can do that. But now he's got to show he can play in his own end. And I think 
uh, Derek King and those guys would be able to work with him down in Rockford. I think it's a need too with him staying up and, and sorry to go back to this, but I mean, a right-handed shot defenseman, you know, Bodine's on the left. If Seabrook's back, it would be a lot easier to, you know, shuttle him back to Rockford to get him some work, but yeah. But yeah, but I agree. And but I think they're doing the right things with Bodine. I mean, they're, you know, he's 21 and he's getting better and better and better. And, and Boquist hasn't really been afforded that opportunity. Right. I, yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. And, and, um, you know, it's funny. I feel like there's a degree to which the league has kind of changed a little bit. And some of these younger guys are being plugged into the NHL earlier league wide. But I also wonder too, with, with Boquist, because the Hawks have hyped him so much as, as the future, I mean, Stan Bowman, I believe has a tendency to kind of try to force narratives um, that make him look good and make him look smart. And like the, the, the great GM, he wants desperately to be seen as, um, and I feel like maybe there's a little bit of that forced narrative going on with, with Bulkvist. I feel like if you, you know, cause Andy, you raise a really good point about him getting tattooed. Um, you know, when you go to games and you're actually at ice level, you see a lot of the other stuff that goes on that isn't shown on the TV cameras. And the truth of the matter is, is that a, a lot of the, the teams around the league have a book on other players and especially young players, they go after them in certain ways. And, and clearly they're going after him with a lot of big hits and trying to mash him on the end boards and, you know, basically trying to get inside his head, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, it's predatory, pardon the pun. Uh, it has nothing to do with who the Hawks are playing tonight, but I mean, it is they're, when they see a weak link out there, they're going to go after him. I remember when Taylor Hall was a rookie, I went and saw him um, at nationwide. Um, uh, the Oilers came in and played the blue jackets and, and man, the blue jackets players were chirping him relentlessly I mean clearly I mean they were trying to they they knew there was something there and they were trying to go after him and I think they're they are targeting Boquist and because they see him as as a weak guy they could throw off his game and and uh I'm not sure that he's benefiting from that whereas if he goes to Rockford where the where the the, the speed of play is a little slower um you know he's his skill level is all that much much higher relatively speaking he could go down there get some success in probably fairly short order. If they use him right, he can become dominant, gain a lot of confidence from that and then bring him back up. Um, I just, I just feel like um, now, you know, he's going to have a little break here because of COVID. So maybe that'll help too. And he'll be, be able to watch some games, get, get a little perspective, you know, from, from a different point of view that that's possible too. Um, but I, I just feel like, especially a kid who's had a couple of concussions before, you know, um, that were notable enough that it was a concern when they drafted him. Uh, it just, I don't know, this seems stupid to me right now. It seems like fitting a square peg into a round hole, which is kind of a classic Stan Bowman move. And at some point you wonder when is he gonna cut his losses and, and you know give the kid a break and maybe put him in a better chance to succeed long-term. Um, Mitchell, the other hand, I mean, Mitchell's struggling a little bit too. He's minus six or was as a puck drop tonight. Um, but it, his, his attitude's really positive. Um, we'll just have to see with him. Um, but you're right, Andy, you raise a good point. He's 22 and Bulkfist is barely 20, you know, and, and that's, so that's, that's kind of a big deal, you know? Um, all right, cool. So we've, we've covered that one really well. Um, we have a question and I guess this will be another round. Um, our good buddy, um, Tyler Cameron, um, the blogger to be named later before Sean Goldstein was the blogger to, blogger to be named later um, has sent a question in and he asked, you know, who was your biggest surprise 
this year on the team? And, you know, who's your biggest uh, disappointment? I have a feeling, and Andy, you've already touched on a lot of them, um, but we'll, we'll go through it again anyway. Um, you know, I have a feeling I know who at least who the biggest surprise uh, to the positive has been. Eric, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for me, the biggest, um, you know, surprise in a good way has been Philip Kershaw just fitting in very well. Um, you know, he does not look out of place at all. And he, you know, has established himself, like Andy said, as a legitimate NHL player. Um, you know, albeit it is the Blackhawks, you know, would he be having the same role with Tampa Bay? No, of course not. But regardless, I mean, he, he looks the part. And I think that's been really encouraging. Um, is he lighting it up statistically? No. But does he need to? No. He's just been an effective player, you know, 200 feet of the ice, which is really nice to see, um, you know, because that's not always something we see from from more promising Blackhawk forward prospects. So I think that's been, uh, you know, definitely a nice sight for me. I think it's been nice seeing Suter being able to find the back of the net against Detroit. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't put too much stock into that necessarily. I mean, again, it's Detroit and he had a good day, but just getting that confidence for him and kind of getting him rolling, I think is, uh, you know, definitely going to help him and just give him that confidence moving forward, you know, that, Hey, I can play in this league and, and be really effective offensively. Um, you know, and even, even with that, I mean, he looks, you know, the part and can play on a line with Patrick Kane and isn't just being dragged along by Kane. I mean, we saw that really nice setup that he had on that, you know, disallowed goal. Um, you know, that wasn't, Kane making that happen you know he made that happen he recognized the play recognized the coverage and found Kane you know for a really nice pass but um, so I think for me those two are kind of the main guys that have stood out to me as being nice surprises um, you know just trying to not really have too much um, you know optimism about them or false optimism I guess I should say um, you know and have all these expectations for them but you know I think they've they've looked good um, you know, and then obviously disappointment, I think, is Adam Boquist. I don't think there's really anyone else uh, even close to the same territory as him, just because you really hoped this year, you know, going into this year, you hoped to see both him and Kirby Doc take big strides forward this year. And obviously, Doc, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, I think, you know, as we said, it kind of just seems like Boquist is kind of just going backwards at this point. John, what do you think? I'm going to say my biggest surprise is Andrew Shaw through six games. I think um, he looks healthy. He's got a little chippiness to him again, um, especially the last couple of games, uh, the last two games of the Florida series and two Detroit games. I think he, he was showing some things. And I think Andrew Shaw is a big, like if he can stay healthy and hopefully they can find somebody who wants to take him. I think that'll be a good thing. I, I, I think Andrew Shaw is my big surprise, uh, my biggest surprise right now. And I mean, I guess I'm surprised, but not really, that the Blackhawks European staff just keeps finding guys. Like Hyas Suter is just another guy that's come through that pipeline. Dominic Kubalik, Antti Ranta, like um, Jan Ruta. Like they find guys over there and they bring them over. Artemi Panarin, they find they find guys. And I, I'm, I'm always amazed that, the European staff is always so good at finding guys, but we're not very good at drafting guys. So I can never just boggles my mind. <laughs> and then my biggest disappointment, I guess, I'm going to go with Colin Delia. I thought he was going to 
I mean, he's had time in the NHL. He looked good in Rockford. He looks good in Rockford. I thought he was going to show better in the NHL, at least like, at least better than what he's shown thus far. Now, who who's he played against? He had the one game against Tampa, okay, but then he had the I believe did he get one of the games against Florida too, and he didn't look too good there. He's got a five goals against average and a save percentage below nine. So Colin Dealey, I guess, is my biggest disappointment thus far. That's that's those are good insights, um, Andy. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I echo all of these sentiments. I think, you know, they're, they're all very accurate. Kershev is obviously, I, you know, I, I kind of, I put him up there because I, I didn't know if he'd be in Rockford or what the deal would be. Um, you know, my, um, my biggest uh, disappointment this year, I would say is Boquist. I know we've, we've kind of, we've kind of been hammering this home. Um, but, you know, I think that he's, it, it is, it is pretty glaring that there, there's some work that needs to be done and some deficiencies. Um, you know, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm, I'm that disappointed in too many other players. Um, Dylan Strom is what he is. I'm not a big Dylan Strom guy. I've been very open and honest about that. Um, yes, he has their only goal tonight. He will disappear for games at a time. Um, he just did. Um, and it's, if you disappear against Detroit, I guess that's where it's okay to disappear. Um, but at the same time, up until tonight, he had one shot over his last three games. Uh, that's disappointing. Uh, for your number two center who you just paid a contract that I don't believe he's earned. Um, so, um, and then as far as my uh, pleasant surprises, I, I will go with Kevin Lankinen. I, you know, I, I think it was going to be interesting to see who was going to come out and win this goalie job. And, um, and maybe this, I just didn't know that much about him. Um, you know, and I, you felt at the beginning that it was, uh, it was Subban and Delia's job to lose. And Lankinen, with his three starts, has gotten all of the Hawks points to date. And, um, you know, while we miss one guy that uh, recently retired after signing with the New Jersey Devils, it kind of reminded me of someone who spent a considerable amount of time in Rockford while the Blackhawks were winning their first Stanley Cup. In fact, their entire season. Then he came in in 2011 and then was, was the guy, um, Corey Crawford, up until last season. Um, so big props to Lankinen for for doing the work and paying his dues. And I know I've mentioned these guys before uh, earlier, but I think Connor Murphy and, and Calvin DeHaan have been excellent uh, to date. Good stuff. Um, so I, I'm going to um, – my probably my biggest surprise, even though Andy was probably ready to be the host of the uh, Pius Suter Hour on the Rinkcast, um, and I trust Andy's judgment, and I mean that, I mean that in all sincerity um, – I just, I, you know, I, ha I had not seen enough. And I, I always have a skepticism about European guys coming over and never having played, played on the, you know, smaller North American ice sheet um, and how they'll adjust to that. But I mean, the thing about Suter that I, I really like is the fact that his game is just seems so NHL ready in terms of the way he, um, you know, he goes to the net and he stays in front of the net. And um, he's just one of those guys who does a lot of things well. Um, he's not, uh, super flashy, but you know, he just, he seems to think the game at a pretty high level. He seems like he's been very well coached, um, you know, as he's come up through hockey and you see that in his game. And, and, uh, I, I actually think, yeah, Sean, I do agree. I don't think he's going to score quite like he scored against Detroit, but, uh, I do think he's going to be a pretty valuable NHL player. I mean, to be honest, I did, I didn't expect another Dominic Kubelik. I probably expected more of another Cahoon. 
you know, with, with Suter and, uh, and I was never a big Cahoon fan. So, um, you know, but I, I, there's something about his game that I really like. I really like guys that are always around the puck and, you know, they work hard and they're, and they're smart. They've got good hockey sense because they'll make a lot of things happen. And, and that's, that's, that's what Suter looks like to me. So he's my, my pleasant surprise. Um, disappointments. I'm going to go with both of the older goalies, um, uh, Delia and Subban. Now Subban, um, as of right now, has stopped all 17 shots, um, you know, versus Nashville. And that's great. Um, you know, he's a guy who's been around the league a little bit. He was a first round draft pick. And I realize that, you know, a lot of people are really down on him, but um, you know, I think when the Hawks acquired him, the thinking was, well, he's raw. Um, he's very athletic. Um, and uh, you know, maybe we can do something with him. And I agree with you, Andy. I think, I think the job was there for Subban and Delia to take. And the fact that they both got out of the gate kind of kind of bad. I mean, yeah, I get it. The defense isn't very good in front of you. But conversely, I mean, Lankin has kind of Lankin has kind of stepped up in his games. And, you know, he's he's overcome uh, kind of a lousy defense. Although, in fairness, he saw less shots per game than the other two guys saw. So, um, you know, that'll all kind of play itself out over time. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've observed about Lankin in a little bit is that, um, you know, he makes a, he stops a lot of pucks. Um, he does have a tendency to kind of overplay shots sometimes and get a little out of position. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, if he, if he reigns that in and that wasn't just kind of uh, adrenaline his first couple of starts, but um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something interesting to watch there. And I know the Hawks are very high in him. So I think that, uh, you know, that, that uh, he's going to be given every chance to succeed, I think. So. Look at that fucking treasure trail. What's up with your fucking body hair, big shoots. Hockey is back for the 2021 season. And you know what that means? It's time to take care of your family jewels and overall hygiene with the global leaders in below the waist grooming. Manscaped. Use the right tools for the job on and off the ice. Take it from me, the Marty Brodeur of Cooley and Coiffing. Don't be a goon and fight your bush. Our new partners at Manscaped are here to help you manage your naughty bits so you stay clean, fragrant, and aesthetically pleasing to your significant other where it matters most. Every Manscaped product is now available all over the USA and Canada and with a special 20% discount for rink rats at manscaped.com. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer just to keep your private area safe. The Manscaped engineering team spent an intensive 18 months perfecting the greatest private area trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Think your skates are sharp? Because the ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced with a close shave. Perfect Package 3.0, which comes loaded into this nice little box, also comes with a crop preserver and crop reviver. It's time to keep your yarbles fresh and clean. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your nuts from sticking to your legs from end to end. Nobody will be chirping you anymore for having really smelly nuts. The crop reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with a soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag. And I gotta tell you, this thing is really nice. 
to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included. I'm wearing mine as we speak, and they are nice. Complete your top-to-bottom grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to this collection. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THERINKSEATTLE. The Rink Chicago. Or The Rink Colorado. No dashes, no underscores, nothing at manscaped.com. Light the lamp this season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Hockey's back. Don't let your manscaping get out of whack. Um, all right, so I'm going to transition. We've gone kind of quickly through everything tonight, and uh, I'm going to kind of close with some thoughts on um, Jonathan Taves, um, and I'm going to be um, very careful not to uh, to speak out of, out of turn here in terms of, or um, out of school, I guess, in terms of what's going on with him. But, um, you know, I don't. a lot of people have been talking about this. I mean, Twitter and the direct messages have been kind of on fire and people texting each other and um, there's been a rumor going around about Tate's health. And uh, I, um, we, you know, we've heard it, my gatekeepers heard it. Um, Andy, I know you heard it from some people and it's the same rumor. Um, and what's interesting to me is that the Hawks have not come out or nor has Tate's representation come out and said, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what's going on with Jonathan. Please um, don't believe or spread rumors. It's, you know, there's a lot of ways they could have addressed it. They've, they've said nothing. Um, his, that plus his continued absence. Um, I'm not sure that this rumor is true. I'm not sure that it's not true. I don't know. And I don't think anybody outside of probably a few people close to the Hawks organization and Tate personally know what's really going on. If, if they even have a definitive diagnosis at this point. But it does seem to me more and more that it's very unlikely or growingly, increasingly unlikely, growingly is not a word, increasingly unlikely that he will not be back this year. Um, and who knows about next year or years after. And I, I think that that leads me back to, I think we, we as Hawk fans need to, to look at this in a certain light. And that is, um, you know, Jonathan Taves has been a great player for this fr- franchise and was, you know, a cornerstone in three Stanley Cups and the guy who gave his heart and soul for the team. And if it is in fact the point at which he's got to hang up the skates um, and I'm not saying it is, but if it is, I think that, you know, our concern for him should not be about whether he plays hockey again for the Blackhawks, but him um, and his health and his future um, after hockey, um, because he's a guy also that I I've always felt had a, a, uh, a pretty bright future ahead of him in a variety of different pursuits um, I always felt like he was he was going to go into politics in Canada, actually, um, because he's a guy who's very aware of what's going on in the world and, and has opinions and, and uh, um, you know, and, and uh, he's certainly a bright guy, very charismatic. Um, and I, I just I know we're all really pulling for him. And this is a time when it's really not even about hockey anymore. I don't think I, I think, you know, if he comes back, fantastic. That would be great. But if he doesn't, you know, and he can't. Um, I, let's just all remember, you know, and respect his privacy. And I guess what I want to say is, is anybody who's frustrated that the team hasn't made a, a statement, um, you know, maybe what's going on here is everybody's trying to respect his privacy at a really difficult time. You know, I'm not saying it is, I don't know, but that could be the case. And I think as such, you know, us fans, we could speculate all we want, but at the end of the day, until the team comes out and makes a statement or, uh, Taves's, Taves's team comes out and makes a statement. Um, we just don't know. And until they're ready to do so, I think 
we need to respect it because it's this is about more than hockey, you know. And this is a guy who's given a lot to us fans. So let's let's give him the space, you know, to really to really get comfortable with this, whatever's going on, or to get healthy and come back. I don't know. Um, so anyway, you guys, what do, what do you guys think, Andy? I mean, I, JJ, you nailed it. Um, I I agree a hundred percent, a thousand percent. Um, you know, and, and for those that are out there and you know, want to want to throw rumors publicly on Twitter and almost uh, try in, in some sort of bizarre, you know, a race to be first attitude about things. Um, you know, shame on you. And, and I think that this is, you know, whatever's going on with Jonathan Taves, John, it's Jonathan Taves' business. Right. And, and that's that. And so the Blackhawks, they don't have to say anything. Um, about what's going on with him and if anybody knows and you know the the thing about um whatever's going on with him and let's just you know let's just hope that that he is ultimately healthy and moving on with his life and whether or not there are skates on he'll do what's best for him and if there is an opportunity for him to come back and play you know he won't miss it and um but i but i agree i think that this is a moment where everyone should just make sure to respect the guy who's brought us the bacon all these years. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the guy, he's the captain and we won't see another one of his fabric in a Blackhawk uniform, maybe in our lifetimes um, to, uh, to, to, to put out the way that he, the way that he has every single night. And so best to him. And um, that's all I got on that. Yeah. One. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, I think, I think you've nailed it too. Sean, what do you think? Uh, you guys really said it well. I mean, our, our hearts go out to them. Um, health is ultimately like, he's not just a hockey player, he's a human being. And we have to remember that sometimes that we get so involved with these people in terms of sports and they have lives out of, outside of sports. And health is a, a very important thing. And having dealt with some illnesses myself and it's just, you have to feel comfortable when you want to tell you don't have you like you have to be comfortable in order to share with it because it's it's people are going to look at you differently afterwards and it's just it's hard so you you want to make sure that you're comfortable with everything you've gone through everything with everybody um and you just you figure out what your next steps are going to be so um yeah johnny uh just done an immense amount uh like what you said john about him going into politics He's just such an eloquent speaker, I think, is um, like somebody who represents the team and the city and the franchise just so well. And, and maybe even the league, it's like he just he personifies what you want a captain and, and a player on your team to be. So I think we as fans, we owe him like no rumor spreading, just just when he's ready or when they're ready, they'll tell us and just just support him as best you can and. Um, I donate to his foundation, buy some of his Jonathan Tave stuff. I, I bought this hat uh, to show my support for him and just continue to support him. That's all we can really do. Yep. That's a cool hat too, by the way, Sean. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to keep Andy uh, impressed with my hat game. So I, I, I continue to be just bowled over with enthusiasm with your hat game. Every, 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 every session, something new and, and very exciting. 
Sean, Sean's definitely uh, leading away on the hats. So a lot of stuff. So, Eric, what do you think about the, uh, the whole Taves issue and the the uproar and the the rumors flying around? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys have really said uh, just about all there is to say. I mean, I would just echo what Sean said. Um, you know, we just see these guys on our TVs and sometimes, you know, in the NHL arena. And in a way, we just kind of think that they're robots and they're not. They're human beings just like each of the four of us and just like everyone watching and listening to this. They have lives outside of the game and outside of the rink and Jonathan Taves' life doesn't end as soon as he retires. You know, hopefully for his sake, he's still got many decades left to be successful as a human being after the game of hockey. And, you know, I think thinking anything other than that, you know, having any other mentality or outlook on this other than that is just the wrong outlook to have. Um, you know, it's not like Taves is, you know, a, an up and coming prospect and just, fizzled out and had some health issue when he was 23 or something. I mean, this is one of the greatest players of all time that has led this franchise to the best, you know, success they've ever had. And, uh, you know, even if this is earlier for him to go out, if, if this is it, I mean, who knows, like you said, JJ, we don't know. And, you know, but say it is, you know, what more could you possibly have asked from him? Right. He, he was the ultimate, ultimate Blackhawk, ultimate NHL hockey player. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, um, and we're, we're, we're still kind of early tonight, but we'll, we'll wrap it up here in a few minutes, but I, you know, it's funny. I mean, I just, sometimes when I'm on Twitter and this was really before um, these rumors started flying, I would just see some threads sometimes where fans in other markets would, would just, would just so downgrade him and, and, and so minimized him. And, and it was just like, really, you know, yeah, he's probably not what he was five years ago when he was just, you know, an absolute beast on skates. And he took this team on its, on his back in the Western conference finals against Anaheim yep. and just willed them to victory, you yep. know, and uh, he's probably not quite that player anymore, but he's still like, you know, a 55, 56, 57% faceoff guy you know, he's, he's going to get your 50, 60 points at minimum, incredible leadership on and off the ice, just such a beast in the corners and, and uh, you know, so, so smart defensively. I mean, all those things he's still, you know, he, he's still, you know, as a player um, where, where, where we have him bookmarked right now, he's still a, a really good player and, and uh, will definitely be a hall of famer. And uh, you know, I, I personally think that the Blackhawks as a franchise are, are pivoting now. And I don't think we're going to see another Stanley cup in the Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith era. Um, and, you know, if, if Jonathan doesn't play again, um, you know, um, it, it probably, as far as the Blackhawks on ice fortunes is not the worst thing in the world, but the, you know, again, the real issue is him and his health and his future. And I, I, I know all, all of us at the rink are, have been focused there from the very beginning. And that's why we have not chosen till tonight to even discuss this. And, and we're trying to do so in a way that's reverent and respectful and appropriate. Um, and uh, we just, you know, we wish him the best. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we know there's a lot of fans out there who feel the same way we do too. And uh, we're not criticizing anybody. It's just, uh, you know, I think, it, we think it, what we're saying needed to be said. 
um, and I'm sure others feel this way, and maybe some others have said it as well. Um, so, uh, closing thoughts, comments, plugs. Eric, what do you got? Anything? Well, it's a shame that uh, Aaron couldn't join us tonight, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I survived, so. For those of you who uh, don't know uh, what we're referring to, but uh, Eric and Aaron are uh, daily combatants in our uh, rank uh, Twitter chat. Um, and sometimes all of us sort of get pulled into it as well. It's, it's very good natured, but uh, uh, it's fun. It, it really is. And uh, had Eric decided to hang out, we, should, we probably would have had uh, a little more fireworks tonight. Um, Sean, closing comments, thoughts, plugs? I'm excited for the AHL to start. Um, I want to see, uh, you know, what some of these young guys are going to do at the AHL level. Um, I'm excited, uh, cause I covered the Indy fuel. If some guys will get promoted up to the AHL level. Um, so I'm excited about that. That that's always a cool thing when like somebody you cover gets promoted to the next level. Um, I know Andy will be excited about guys hopefully getting called up to the Blackhawks and being able to, to write that stuff. So Scott I'm excited Earl. about that. I'm excited to see Eric's favorite guy, uh, Matt Tompkins, play goalie for the Rockford Icehogs. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm excited about. So. Matt Tompkins, an ex-Ohio ex State Buckeye. Yeah. Actually, actually if, I'm gonna, if you're going to predict right now, I think you'll see the young man from the Fighting Irish get that first game. I think Morris will be in the pipes for that first uh, Yeah, yeah, we'll which, which we'll I'm see. okay with that. I'm a, I'm a big uh, Golden Domer fan. I have three Notre Dame hockey jerseys, so. Do you have a hat? Another name hockey hat? <laughs> uh, I might. I have a few hats. I'm sure you do. Uh, I don't know. I know. I don't think I actually have another name <laughs> hockey hat. I have. I did get made fun of. Um, I went to a football game and bought a Notre Dame hockey jersey from the bookstore, and I was ripped the rest of the day for wearing a Notre Dame hockey jersey. It was cold, and I, I love. I think it signifies jersey. your individuality. I think it's a. Yeah, plug. I think so. I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, JJ, I got one last plug real quick. Um, uh, you know, I, I just, I just, and, and I just think we all need to think about this. And I think Blackhawks fans need to think about this in general. And I, you know, we spent this, you know, kind of this, this podcast and we were talking about Boquist and we were talking about young guys. And then, you know, we kind of ended with, with Jonathan Taves and, you know, Taves and Kane coming into the league as young as they did does not happen that often where you have two guys have that kind of impact. And it was absolutely lightning in a bottle when it happened and I we might never see it again as Blackhawk fans to have you know two kids in their late teen years come in and and then all of a sudden a few years later Stanley Cup champions just like that but you know you but you think about you know the uh, the suitors you think about Pia Suter and you think about Dominic Kubelik and then you think about some of the things that we've been saying about Boquist you know, Suter and Kubelik come over to the NHL and right now they're 24 and 25 years old and they have been professional hockey players right. and they've been doing this and they have physically matured and Boquist is having a tough time and he's, and he's just a kid. And it's just kind of, while we all want this to be the youngest man's game possible where these, you know, teenage talents come out of nowhere. Um, we've been so lucky mm -hmm. how we've had it in years past that, that a lot of these young kids, I, I think we do expect too much out of them as fans when they're really, really young. So I don't know, just the, the age thing with Suter and Kubelik kind of, kind of caught me when we were talking about all this. So it takes time to develop kids and talent. Yeah. And yeah, um, it really does. 
I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 I'm done. That's good. I'm no, good. it really does. And I think I think that's kind of been forgotten. I know that, uh, you know, 10 years ago, um, the, the Red Wings were really the model of letting pro prospects marinate in the minors for a long time. And, um, you know, they were actually kind of an interesting counterpoint to the Hawks who, were tr who started really in the last, especially in the last five to six years, really started trying to move prospects up quickly and, um, you know, I, I think that um, there's still a lot of room. There's a reason that the AHL exists beyond just entertaining people in Rockford and in Manchester, New Hampshire, you know, um, and I think we need to remember that and remember that, um, you know, guys like like Adam Boquist uh, or, you know, at a much earlier time, Duncan Keith, um, Troy Brower, Dave Boland. Um, you know, those Andrew are guys Shaw, who spent time in the minors. Brian Bickle. Yeah, Brian Bickle, et cetera. And, and those are guys who spent time in the minors and benefited from it. And um, so I, I think, Andy, you raised a lot of really good points there, as usual, and everybody else. This has been a great discussion. Um, it's, it's my job now to pivot from maturity to raw, raw salesmanship. And I'm going to ask you to patronize our sponsors like manscaped.com, where if you use the discount code the rank Chicago, all caps, no spaces, the rank Chicago, you get 20% off on um, a pretty amazing uh, range of <clears throat> male grooming products. Um, we've, <laughs> a number of us have purchased them. Um, uh, Manscaped has been uh, gracious enough to provide us with some of them after I was provided with some um, and, and had the opportunity to um, uh, use them. Um, I, I actually went and bought some more. I bought, uh, I bought a couple of, of their products and it's not just all what you're thinking. It's a lot of it is just, you know, male grooming type stuff and, and, uh, toiletry kits and t-shirts and they've got the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn. Um, so I went and bought a bunch of stuff. I bought some, some, uh, toiletry kits for my sons who are slobs and, um, <laughs> You know, I, so go check them out. 20% off with the Rink Chicago, all caps, no spaces. Um, and there's, it's pretty well priced to begin with. So um, it's it's a good value. Um, if, least, if they have a hat and they give it to us, I'll wear it. I mean. Do they have a hat? I don't think they have uh, a hat. I love they to need to get a hat. I'll, I'll wear it as the advertisement on the pod. Yeah, that would be great. We'll have to talk to them about that. Of course, you could, Sean, you can always go and get some of these. This is our other sponsor, BuckHockey.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, who um, supply us with our, our custom rink hats, rink t-shirts, baseball sleeves, hoodies, and whatnot. Oh, and we've got those uh, that, that rink flannel as well that's still available. I got um, that uh, for, for my birthday, so. Yeah, yeah, I was wearing mine the other day when it was cold. It was just nice. 10% uh, off with the rink this Um we really appreciate you guys uh, you know, taking an hour with us, whether you're, you're watching us live or you're listening to us later um, on audio, on iTunes, and all the other platforms. Um, uh, we appreciate your time, as always, and when you guys send your questions in. Um, as always, uh, we look forward to seeing you again next time on The Ring.